0: Full of contentment from a week filled with your provision, let us bow before you and with joy filled, Alleluia.
1: God of hope, we enter your sanctuary this morning with hearts strained, strained from a week filled with struggle, strained from a week filled with anxiety and stress, strained from a week filled with heartache and pain.
2: Let us bow before you
1: with hope filled, Alleluia.
3: God of grace.
2: We enter your sanctuary this morning with hearts broken. Broken from a week filled with our own frailties. Broken from a week filled with humanity's weakness. Broken from a week filled with creation's suffering. Let us bow before you with grace-filled hallelujahs.
0: God, our worship.
1: We enter your sanctuary this morning from many different places. May we bring to you our joys.
0: May we be filled with your hope.
1: May we once again be reminded of your grace.
2: It is one body. May we bow before you and say it together, Alleluia.
3: Amen. Amen. <clears throat>
4: Still
5: the peals of thunder and the crashing of lightning, God has been in the storm, declaring the authority of his word and power.
6: As we sing a thousand storms, I invite
5: you to reflect on the times when God has been in your storms of life, to rejoice that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and to join with us in praise as we sing holy, Holy are you, Lord of heaven and earth.
2: reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me.
7: So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living.
2: When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout country." He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pot that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and the Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now
7: his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves
5: and asked him what was going on.
2: He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has gotten him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to
7: go in. His father came out and began to with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never deserved. The son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted cat for him.
2: Then the father said to him, "Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found." This
7: is the word of God for the people of God. Amen.
2: several months as we've been working on the next song, we've been talking about what it means to come home. What does home actually mean to us? When have we wanted to be home the most? What does it mean to be home with Christ, or God? What does it mean when we have scriptures like the one we just had where Christ welcomes us uh, to a place called home? Wednesday night we ask the question, so when is the time that you have most wanted to be when is a time that you are home or going to admit the most to you and we're going to uh, let some folks in the choir share a little bit about that uh, now uh, brenda how about you in
8: 1991 randall and i had an opportunity to travel to kazakhstan when it was still part of the soviet union and i think prior to that time i had always taken my home Country for granted in so many ways, but after experiencing things like the KGB following us around to make sure we didn't do anything wrong, or watching a shopkeeper in an open market visibly shaking me from fear that he would be misperceived as trading for trading on the black market when I purchased 30 rings for friends. From watching uh, or visiting with my friend Natasha on a park bench far away from any listening ears so that she wouldn't get in trouble for talking about God. Um, when we actually flew home and landed did, uh, did at DFW Airport, um, the entire plane rose in applause for the gratitude that we all felt um, to arrive back in a our home that was free and where we could practice our faith without question, where we could be trusted not to be radical. So I think that was my most special moment. About Walter. <laughs> um, so about four years ago, when
4: I was a freshman at Baylor. Um, I was taking my first uh, set of finals. It was the worst time in my life up to <laughs> that point. Um, so. When I was done with finals, um, (laughs) I realized that I was gonna go
9: Me, that
4: the three of us will find me home and that we can find the a kind of family instead of being worried about him. How about Gary, if
10: you share your story with us? Going to seminary meant moving to a place within Brazil as far as from here New York City. So a different culture and a different set of... Uh, realities that I didn't know It meant similarly to Carla and um, Christ's promise in Mark 10 that if we left family and if we were just following the trust, we would find home elsewhere. So to me, home has become a place where you are in which you are fully present and aware of the people God has put in your life and embracing them. And you know, While we miss a lot of what we don't have, we, we don't get to see on a daily basis, we uh, appreciate and recognize God's presence on others around us. That's home to me. Um, about
1: five years ago, I was suicidal, and I realized that I had a plan, and so I realized I needed to check myself in somewhere. I checked myself into the fall, and while I was there, I, I could only have uh, two hours a day when people could visit me. Which was kind of nerve wracking and scary for me because I missed everyone so much. And only two people could come in at a time. And so my family and my closest friends would come in and they would take in shifts. People wait outside and two people come in. You, know, you had to check your purse so it didn't have anything sharpened and things like that. And uh, I requested, and thank God they let me, uh, that I'd be released uh, just before Thanksgiving because that was my sister's birthday and I really wanted to be there with her. And as soon as I got out, I ran straight into Jess's arms. We were basically glued together the rest of the day. <laughs> and so I think to me, coming home always means being with people and knowing that, that, that this is your back and your home and you're forever and you're safe.
3: There's often something doing that, right? There's something. Maybe it's a familiar something. It's something that's just in the way as you walk into worship. That thing that seems to maybe be centering you in a place that's not really central. It's that thing, that enticing and imprisoning thing that's got a hold of your attention, which should be turning toward the divine, about 1045 or something it's not happening. It's often something, isn't it? It could be maybe your ambivalence or senses. Perhaps it's just this nagging concern, or maybe a, a repressing one. There's something. A theological quandary, an old demon of doubt. Someone hands you the worship guide, but you already got caught by something you didn't mean to be. It's just the way it is for us for all creatures of dust. Roll out of bed, maybe even something mechanical in your mind kicks in on a Sunday and says, Don't you think you ought to be worried about the meeting tomorrow? Or you know what your friend said last night at the dinner party it was really unfair, don't you think? Congrats Maybe he's on the way to church. I wonder if I need reservations for the brunch at the Baylor Club. And I hope they're having salmon again. Or I'm lonely and one to with the church. Still kind of bothered by that decision at the business meeting. Or, I wish that interim pastor would quit trying to be funny. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> in our lives. Right? <laughs> this ongoing stuff, big and small, piddling problem, a really serious plight, rightly comes in those doors with us, rightly. And whatever it is, though, it's often in the way. We get stuck on something. Maybe it's some Job-like conundrum, because you've been reading the paper. God of justice. Since when, doesn't anyone read the lines that I'm reading? The least of these are taking it out of the chin all over the place. And that heart question certainly. By the last verse, you don't notice it necessarily, but by the last verse, your ambivalence and cynicism are taking a back seat to openness.
10: Your critiquing mind is
3: giving way to a longing heart. The anger you are harboring begins to relinquish its hold on you. Something is sort of a hopeful tilt in the way. And you aren't thinking about brunch anymore, but but, but about the bread of heaven that you need so very much. The wisdom and way of the psalms. back here next week.